are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Perhaps one of the greatest weaknesses right now in our world and in America and even with God's people is the ability to, one word tonight, discern. To discern, to recognize right and wrong. By the way, if you're saved, you ought to be able to because the Holy Spirit of God lives within you. Now, if, you're, if you depend upon the flesh, we'll miss it. But the ability to distinguish between right and wrong is discernment. I've seen so many good examples of discernment in these last seven weeks. I've watched people making decisions that are sound and good, and then there have been a few conversations, emails, notes, that people have made very, very foolish decisions. No discernment. In fact, absolutely the wrong decision. I don't believe that most of those decisions are made with godly advice or godly counsel and their safety in counsel. God's word declares that tonight. Here in the book of Matthew chapter 16, he answered verse two and said unto them, when it's evening, ye say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And the morning it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. Would you turn with me over to the book of Luke? The Gospel of Luke tells the same story in chapter number 12, but I'd like you to see it this way in chapter number 12. We're talking tonight, and I'm speaking on the subject of discernment. As we come back to uh, our church, coming back home as I preached this morning, we need to bring discernment with us. There's gonna be some things that are different at first. We're not having a nursery next Sunday. And Lord, in the following Sunday, when we open up to come in here, we're not prepared for the nursery. Well, I'll tell you what, no, chill out. Discern that we're trying to do the best for God's people. I wanna make sure we're in here, we're safe, We've protected God's people. We've protected the, the, the elderly. And by the way, elderly, you can come. We have protected God's people. And if you feel like you have a health condition or a breathing problem or you're elderly, you think it's gonna be dangerous, then please, you're not a bad Christian. Stay home, watch the service, and you're not on a bad list. You're on a good list. You've done the right thing. If that's the right thing for you, now if you're staying home so you can have popcorn during preaching, that's the wrong thing. But you, you discern, help us with this thing. Uh, just, 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 do, uh, just do what we're supposed to do. Let's just get next week on the property and hopefully the next week in the building. And let's sing like we've never sung before. And let's shout like we've never shouted before. And let's praise God like we've never praised God before. The ability to discern. We're gonna have to make some discerning decisions here. We're gonna have to know this is the right thing. This is not right. It's gonna be a time where if they will not allow us to get back in church, 
We're gonna have to discern. I'm gonna have to discern the direction of how I'm gonna lead God's people. But we need to get back to church. Luke chapter number 12, and I want you to begin with me in verse number 51, for the Bible says this, suppose ye that I come to give peace on the earth, I tell you nay, but rather division, our Lord is speaking. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father and the mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother and the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. And he said also to the people, when you see a cloud rise out of the west straightway or immediately say, there cometh a shower, and it was so. They were able to distinguish that. And when you see the south wind blow, ye say, there will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but now is the time, now it is time, now it is time that you do not discern the time. You don't even know what time it is, you don't even know what's going on, you don't know that Jesus is coming again. And he says here in verse number 58, when thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, uh, thou art in the way to give diligence and begins to speak. Verse 59, I tell you, tell thee that thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last mite. It is not time to argue and have dissension. Can't you discern that? I tell you what time it is. It's prayer time. It's soul winning time. It's tithing time. It's sacrifice time. It's love thy neighbor as thyself. It's love God's people time. It's to sing the praises of God. That's what time it is. It's time to say amen when the preacher preaches. It's time to say amen when the singers sing. It's time to have a smile on your face and be right with God and pillow your head without the wrath on your heart. That's what time it is. We said this morning, and I believe it, we just have a window. This entire thing of freedom in America, we may lose it. It's, it's frightened me how fast we have been willing to resolve and resign our freedoms. It scares me. It frightens me. We just willing, and I know uh, there was this virus, and they're talking about two million people in America dying, and I know uh, that was probably done with great uh, desire to be right, and we had the great desire to obey, but I do want you to know the medical profession, and I thank God for them. We have over 50 people in our church in the medical field, and I take my hat off to you. God bless you. Great, great people, and those involved with this making decisions, I think they probably undoubtedly had to try to do their best, but the numbers were wrong. And it's time to open up again the house of God and businesses and let God's people and the people of this country work again. I see so much socialism. I cannot believe that we had a man running for president who said I'm a socialist. And we got people in Congress that are socialists. I have the Constitution before me. I kind of like that thing. Congress shall make no law. I wonder what that means. Well, in the Greek, it means no law. In the Hebrew, it means no law. In Spanish, it means no law. In French, it means no law. In Russian, it means no law. In Swahili, it means no, no law. Thou shalt make no law respecting the establishment of religion or 
prohibiting the free exercise thereof. This is a responsibility from God to come to the house of God, and it's a responsibility for our officials to allow us to come to the house of God. Can't you discern that? And God's people cannot we discern that socialism and its twin sister communism will destroy this country? Do you know with socialism and communism, you don't have freedom of religion? Do you realize you don't have freedom of ownership of property? We don't want that in America. Every state constitution has in its preamble, Jesus Christ, including California. I want you to know that this nation was established and three times the Supreme Court has declared this is a Christian nation. Thank God all religions can have whatever they want, but it doesn't say in Allah we trust or Confucius we trust, it says in God, God Jehovah we trust. Our confidence is in God. Can't we discern that? Our church, not only America, but our church, churches are are filled with some folks that have no discernment. They wanna create church their way. We wanna have a pastor that fits into our program. But I want you to understand the importance of preaching and the importance of a position and the importance of the power of God and the importance of walking away from poor relationships. I've watched my entire ministry. I've been here 44 years. I've watched this person get involved with this person and this family with this family. And before you know it, this is a, this is a, a, a disgruntled. And before you know it, they've got somebody else disgruntled and they walk out of the house of God. But I've lived here long enough. And I've stayed here long enough that I know the end of that story. It looks so free. We finally have freedom and liberty. We're away from the, 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 the church that enslaves us. We have our freedom, but your freedom brings bondage. It's sort of like, don't we have our rights to drink liquor? I want my freedom. Well, you can do it. You can do your pot and you can do your drugs. You can do it all, but it always enslaves. Tonight, we have the story where our Lord introduces two groups of people. In Matthew, he introduces the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Pharisees were the Apostle Paul. They they dotted the I, they crossed the T. They were a religious group, they were thinkers. They had opinions. They they had judgment on others and they denied themselves wealth, made themselves better than the rest. The Sadducees, did not believe that man would resurrect from the dead. Oh, I tell you, I'm so thankful for the fact that he conquered death, our Lord Jesus, so that one day I'll resurrect from the dead. They were contentious people. The Sadducees always liked to fight. Our preachers that are in here tonight, a few of them, they pastored people. They, I, 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 I guarantee it, when you pastor two people or 22 or 2,000 or 22,000, there are in every church people that just love to disagree. They love to fight. They love to stir the pot. And I'm gonna tell you, can't you discern a person like that? 
always, always uh, contentious and always fighting and always upset and always it's not fair and always that, that's wrong and the church is wrong, the school is wrong and the youth group is wrong and the music is wrong and the preaching is wrong and uh, how we stand is wrong. We don't stand strong enough, we stand too strong. It's amazing in every church, we got some folks that think I'm a liberal and we got some folks that think I'm so rigid and legalistic. Guess what? I'm not gonna to try to please that crowd. I wanna to try to please him and represent Jesus Christ. Discernment, discernment. We live in a day where I don't see a lot of discernment with some of God's people. And I can't speak for the world, but I can speak for God's people. There needs to be an awareness and we need to recognize this is wrong. This conversation is wrong. This email is wrong. This, this getting involved with this conversation is wrong. This pushing like it. No, no, don't like it. That's not the right thing. Don't push like it. Can't you discern that? Can't you see that there's God has a direction and you're getting sucked in? Tonight, as you turn back with me to Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter one. Second Chronicles chapter one. We had a man that was asking for wisdom because wisdom, the word wisdom means discernment. And so when we read this word wisdom in the Bible, God is saying, I'll give you discernment. I'll make you aware of what's right and what's wrong. And here we see wisdom that's petitioned. The Bible says in Second Chronicles 1 and verse number seven, in the night God did appear to Solomon and said unto him, ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, unto God thou hast so great mercy, unto David my father has made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established for thou hast made me king over people like the dust of the earth. Give me now wisdom, give me wisdom. And God said to verse 11 to Solomon, because thou hast uh, was, uh, was it, this was in thine heart, thou hast not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of thine enemies, neither hast asked for long life, thou hast asked for wisdom, wisdom and honor and knowledge is granted unto thee and I will give thee riches also. Wisdom, discernment, and that's why I could say they said, uh, here's a baby, and this baby, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. And he said, let's bring me a sword. Let's cut the baby in two. And the mother who was really the mother of that baby said, no, 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 give my baby to her. And his wisdom indicated that he knew the difference between right and wrong, how to deal with situations. My Bible says in James 1, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. In this text, he's petitioning God, I want wisdom, I want wisdom. Next to praying for the power of the Holy Spirit throughout the day, I believe I asked for wisdom more than any other subject. God, in this conversation I'm about to have, give me wisdom. Lord, in this one I'm gonna answer, give me wisdom. I want wisdom how I answer the governor. I don't wanna be a smart aleck. I don't wanna be a rebel. I don't wanna be cantankerous. I don't wanna be mean-spirited but I wanna be direct 
and I want to be able to say whether he sees it or not, here is exactly what the people of God are asking for. And Mr. Governor, I beg you, I plead with you, I want wisdom how to write that letter. I want wisdom how to send that email. I want wisdom how to go to Sacramento if I need to and talk to them or talk to the, our legislators and say, I, 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 I'm not here to be cruel. I'm here to say, we want to go back to church. Wisdom, it's a petition. Do you pray for wisdom? How in the world can we parent children in this generation without wisdom, discernment? If you have two children, three children, four children, five or more, they're all different. We try to be fair with all of our kids, but you don't raise them the same. One child, one child may respond to just a look. And boy, they'll straighten right up. That's how I was as a boy. I had two sisters. They were not that way at all. Rebels were, were rebels. They're still rebels now. I hope they're watching right now in Tennessee. You know, my dad can give us that look. And I think all three of us, we, we just sort of straighten right on up. Kids are so different. There needs to be consistency but we need to figure out what makes this one tick and what makes this one tick. We have 14 grandkids. And as far as I know that when I pray for each and every one of them, there's some different issue or need that I'm praying for each one in their life. They are not bad kids, they're amazing kids, they're wonderful. No, no papa has ever been more blessed than I have or my wife has with those 14 grandkids but they all have different needs. And they all have different decisions that need to be made in their life. And every day of my life, I'm praying that this one here, that he, he has this need, and this one here, she has this need, and this one here has this need, and I try to bring it to the throne of grace because that's a need. I'll never tell them what I've been praying for. I'll never tell their parents what I'm praying for, but I tell you what, as a, a grandfather, it's my responsibility to have wisdom in praying for those grandkids. I don't pray, now God bless all the grandkids today, keep them safe, that's good, that's wonderful, amen, that's good. That's no prayer. Because Reagan has some needs that are different than Ashland. And Ashland has some needs that are different than Lakin. And Lakin has some needs that are different than Addison. And Addison has some needs that are different than Annalise. And Annalise has some needs that are different than London. And you know, these little girls are so precious and so sweet, but they all have different needs in their life. In your marriage, in your home, in your family, we need to petition the throne of grace. I have found myself in this building. I know our pastors have in the dark because at times I've, I've found them, I hear them in here, or around this property praying, begging God, I tell you what, I'm not the only one looking forward to coming back in here and seeing God doing something. I'm not the only one bringing a shout 
I'm not the only one bringing a praise to the Lord. I'm not the only one bringing a song. I've got an army of men and ladies that are with me already. I've got an army of deacons. We're having a, what do you call it, a virtual prayer meeting together on Tuesday now with all our deacons and thank God for those great men. And I tell you what, we've got an army of men that have been in prayer meetings and they're bringing something back with them into this church. I don't know all that's gonna happen, but I don't think it's just gonna happen for one Sunday. I think we're seeing something start. There needs to be wisdom. Petition, God, please give me wisdom. We don't test the weather and say, well, I think it's going this way today. But not only do I see wisdom petitioned, I see the priority of wisdom. I get where I'm going and won't wait be long when I finally get there two days from now. The priority of wisdom, you don't need to turn there, but Proverbs 4, verse 7, wisdom's the principal thing. Discernment's the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, get discernment. My Bible says, get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither let thy words, the words of my mouth decline. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom. I'm so blessed. I have a, a wife that I think has wisdom. I have pastors around me and laymen around me and people around me. I, I would not make some decisions in my life without going to my cabinet of counselors. I don't believe that you get more than one on an issue because that's just stacking the vote. I believe that I, I know right now if I have a financial question, who I'm gonna go to. If I have a philosophy question, who I'm gonna go to. If I have this need or this need, if I, had, I need to buy a vehicle, I know who I'm gonna go to for wisdom. I don't have to be the one. We've got so many saintly, godly ladies in this church, I don't have to be the one to answer every lady's question. There's some ancient women that know God that can answer as good or not better than I can. I don't know how to advise you to buy a car, that's not my expertise. But I tell you, I can direct you to some people that know how to buy a vehicle and they can help you in that journey and I don't have to be the answer. I don't know how to tell you about the stock market. I don't know anything about the stock market, but I know there are people in our church that have wisdom in regard to that. If you lack wisdom, ask God, but also ask some godly people. My Bible says wisdom is better than rubies. God's word says here, instruction be wise or refuse it not. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it's established. I see quickly tonight, wisdom is, is petitioned and wisdom's priority and wisdom purity. And this is my last thought to bring to you, but it will take me a moment or two. Turn with me to James, please. If you have a habit of listening to revival radio, which you should, I hope you do, and to the program called Revival Time that airs at seven o'clock on the morning time. In about two weeks on a Friday, I think, we will be in this text. It's a powerful text. I see purity and wisdom. The Bible says this in verse 14 of chapter three. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. This wisdom descendeth not from above. What kind of wisdom? The wisdom 
That was in verse 14. What is that wisdom? Bitter envy. Bitter means extreme wickedness, a distaste. If you have bitterness in your heart, you don't have wisdom. And he says, bitter envy. What is envy? It's self-ambition. Churches succeed when we check self at the door. It's not this way or my way or I'm in charge here. It's I'm a child of God in the house of God. That's what envy is when we have self-ambition. I have, and I'm talking to church members all over America, you are giving your dear Pastor Fitz back off. You have envy in your heart. And then what does it say? Strife. Strife. What a strife in your heart. That word strife does not talk about warring with one another. Strife means a party life, a party spirit. It's all gotta be play. I, I love, I love the play. I mentioned this morning we have two gyms. I love all that, but that is not our priority right now. And I want you to shoot a basketball. I want you to hit a volleyball. God bless you for that. You've been cooped up. You talk about cabin fever. And if you don't, kids, your mother does. I want you to go out and run and all that business. But when it comes to church, we are gonna be focused like never before out of the chute, this one thing I do. A lot of preaching, a lot of singing, a lot of shouting, a lot of hallelujah, a lot of door knocking, a lot of running those buses, a lot of reaching people, winning folks to Christ, seeing them follow the Lord and believers' baptism. And he said here, he said, uh, uh, glory not, uh, strife in your heart, glory not. What is glory not? Uh, that is, that is just myself. Don't glory yourself. It's about me. I'm singing to the glory of God. I'm preaching to the glory of God. I hope so. And lie not against the truth. We need to bring truth back into the church. But this wisdom, verse 15, stay with me please, descendeth not from above three things, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. It's demonic. When it's about me, when it's about my pride, when it's about my strife and contention, I like to have it that way because it makes me in charge and control. Look what he says. For where envy, that's the same word he said in verse 14. Where envy and strife, that's the same word. There is confusion and every evil work. I really believe North Valley Baptist Church is coming back and coming home fired up. But I'm pleading with every church in America, we cannot have envy, we cannot have strife. You cannot be bringing the pastors back to the pulpit to preach to the people of God and fighting and warring against the work of God. Fall in step and say, bless God if he wants. Well, we, 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 we're all about, we're all about sports and thank God for sports. We're all about that. But if he's all about soul winning and preaching, fall in line and get with it. We're about done, but listen here what he says, because here's the key. The wisdom that is from above. We saw that wisdom that was from down here. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. No contamination. It's pure. Thank God we have the 
Word of God that's not been contaminated. It's preserved in this old King James Bible. It's pure. It's preserved. Thank God that every word you can trust it and count on it. The wisdom that is from above is pure. And if you have a contaminated religion, then you don't have wisdom from above. And then the second word he says, it's peaceable. Peaceable means harmonious relationships. If in the church there's division, that's not from above, that's from beneath. That's devilish, that's demonic, that's sensual, that's all about the flesh, that's all about down here. But oh, if we have a, a spirit in this church that I, I'm so thankful to see the aged people back. I'm so thankful to see the children back. I'm so thankful to see the bus kids back. I'm so thankful to see the poor people back. I'm so thankful to see the red and yellow, the black, the brown, the white, they're all precious in his sight. Listen, if that's what we are, that's a peace spirit. The government cannot legislate that. That comes when you get wisdom from above. Notice what he says, it's not only pure and it's peaceable. The Bible says it's gentle. Wisdom that is gentle, it doesn't create fights is what that means. And I tell you what, bless God, I just got, I'm going to say something about this about here. No, no, maybe you ought to be quiet. Oh, bless God, the youth group, the youth group, or not. Well, yeah, no, maybe you ought to be, you're, you're trying to create a fight. Well, bless God, the Christian school, the Christian, and you've got this litmus. It's amazing when you have that litmus of situations and somebody else has the exact same verbiage. You've been contaminated. And it's easy to be entreated. When someone is easy to be entreated, it's approachable. It's amazing, I go back to the illustration of, I work with seasoned pastors and I work with the young pastors. We're on the same staff together. We all equally have the same vote, one vote, if we had to vote on something. But I could approach any man, and I have men on my staff that are better scholars than I am better with the languages than I am, Greek and Hebrew. They're better with preaching than I am. They're better with organization than I am and they're better with the computer than I am and they have better talent and better singing abilities than I have. But I have the privilege to go very, I hope gracefully to every person say, you know what, I, 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 I appreciate the work on that song, but that's, next time let's not have that song. And it's not World War III. I work with men and women that are much more talented in many areas than I am. But I try to be peaceable. And I can tell you, I know they try to be peaceable. And notice what the Word of God says. It's full of mercy. It's full of pity. We have a lady in our church, she's a single mother and she has to be on a limited income. She brought bags of groceries in last week from her single mother paycheck and dropped them off so we could go take them to somebody that needs these groceries and we've had many people do that. And as we took them, one of our pastor's wives took them to a, a lady, another lady, 
I, I, I got thinking about that testimony. Here is a lady that herself is undoubtedly, undoubtedly, she's not rich. She's been here for years. She's not rich. She's, she's not poor, but she's not certainly rich. But she went and bought groceries to give them to the church so we could have one of the pastor's wives take them out to the house and help another lady. And by the way, when, when that lady who needed the groceries, when she received them, she said, by the way, before you leave, and here it is already written, here is my tithe. Could you put it in for me? That's a testimony of this lady and that lady. Pity. And then the Bible says when you have that kind of heavenly wisdom, you have good fruits. When you say the word fruits, what are you thinking? Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. That's the kind of wisdom we need. And quickly, and I'll be done. And without partiality. Remember chapter 2, you rich people, you sit here, you poor people sit over here. And our church has always had a testimony. We can have people that are some of the most successful and they'll reach over here and love in their heart to those that are having the most difficult time. And then notice what he says, without hypocrisy. We have to be sincere. We have to be real. Today I say, as the scripture says, See that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I'm gonna beg our church to come in those doors in just a, a couple weeks by God's grace. Come with some wisdom. Come with wisdom, come as a wise person. Dear preacher that's listening, the doors of your church are gonna swing back open, perhaps in some states they did today. But you need wisdom as to be able to clearly tell your church here is where we're going. We don't have time to have committee meetings. You've had eight weeks to pray. We don't have time to have some, another meeting for someone to get, ladies, what do you think? Men, what do you think? No, man of God, you ought to have a clear direction. And if you don't, this is the week to ask God for wisdom and give me a clear direction what we're doing at North Valley Baptist Church or First Baptist Church or whatever the name of your church is. And I'd say father is the same and mother's the same. You're gonna have to be able to discern the need of your home right now. Do your children have good friends? Do we have a good schedule in our home? Do we have good eating habits in our home? Are we getting along in the home? And we have to discern this is not right and this has entered in or this, is, this has been cast out and this is good right now. Praise God for all these things. We're gonna have to be able to discern and not only pastors and parents, but the people of God, the young men and young women that are looking to fall in love, God bless you. You're looking at the right place, the house of God, but as God had Adam and Adam never went looking for Eve, but God brought Eve to Adam. Could you pray that God send me a young lady that's a virtuous woman, not one that'll wanna tear down a home, but one that'll build it up. One that'll complete me in whatever God's called me to do. And children, can we come back to our homes and to our church and say, I'm gonna obey. There's so much to say in this subject, but I bring to your attention tonight, the word is discernment. I've watched so many good illustrations of discernment over these last seven weeks. It's just been 
It's lifted my spirits. And I've seen some people, I'm thinking, there's literally no heavenly discernment in your decision. It's not heavenly decision. It's not heavenly wisdom. This decision you have made, you have made it based on earthly wisdom. I'm all for God's people moving out of California and another state if that's the will of God for your life. But I'm not for you moving, it's just because you can get a raise or a better job. Or you can get a bigger house. I won't go through the, the list, but I watched people go for money I've watched it. I, I, you, you can't pastor the same church 44 years. And I'm thinking, I, I, I don't mind if they feel like God wants them to go, but this is not a right decision. It's, they're basing their decision on money. I don't believe you ever did make a decision on money. And I've watched that money. They get to, I've seen them where they get to the job and the job's no longer there when they arrive. I've watched them get a job that literally becomes a stranglehold of their life and ruins and wrecks their life. I've watched some folks move for land and I've watched, I literally, I can tell you some illustration where the land has literally destroyed their life. I'm not suggesting everybody has to stay here. I am suggesting that you make a decision based on heavenly wisdom. And that type of wisdom generally takes time. And we don't make it out of an immediacy. We don't make it out of the urgency of the hour. We make it based on waiting on God. And wisdom that comes from above. And when you don't know it's God, just say, I'm gonna wait until I know what God wants me to do. Our Father, we see everywhere in the world and even in our churches, the lack of discernment. And we see that the lack of discernment normally hurts many other people's lives. Sometimes in our own immediate home, sometimes in our friends and loved ones, and sometimes in other church members' lives. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and pastor comes to, Cooper comes to conduct the invitation. I'm begging you this week to, Learn to find wisdom. Please go back and look at these texts. If you discern the weather, let God allow you to discern what is right and what is wrong. Give attention to these things. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.